0: This is the Radio Bible Class, and I'm your host, Tim Carter. We welcome you to our Bible study as the Radio Bible Class streams across the nation and around the world. We bring to you a message how Christ ministers to His disciples after the resurrection. We greet you on the internet and radio with a message that Jesus is alive today. Now, today's lesson is titled, I Am the Bread of Life. It comes from John 6, verses 22 through 59. But before we start our lesson today, WordTalk, Inc. could use your support. Now playing music on the radio may sound simple, but actually it's quite costly due to publishing rights and royalties. And before that first song is ever played, there's utility bills and tower rental fees and maintenance and so forth. We need people just like you to help with a tax deductible gift. So won't you do that today? You can do that by calling us at 601-483-8648. And there they can take your information safely and securely over the phone. Or mail us your gift to WordTalk, Inc., P.O. Box 4334, Meridian, Mississippi 39304. Now your gift to Word Talk Inc. is IRS-approved as a 501c3 tax-exempt ministry. Your contribution is never used for salaries or managerial purposes, but 100% of it goes to the expense of providing the good news of Jesus Christ to our listening area. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. If you'd like to go back and listen to a previous lesson, you can do that by going to our podcast website. That's Radio Bible Class with no spaces between RadioBibleClass.Podbean.com. Again, that's Radio Bible Class with no spaces between RadioBibleClass.Podbean.com. Or catch us wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's Amazon or Google or Spotify or iTunes we're there also just search for wmer radio bible class with no spaces between radio bible class today i'm kicking off a new series it's a seven week series you'll want to catch every one of them but the first one and the one we'll start with this week is i am the bread of life we're going to look at the seven i am's that come out of the book of john each of these seven i am's help us understand the different aspects of the nature of jesus and who he was a matter of fact I originally titled this lesson and this series, Who Does Jesus Think He Is? Because seven times he uses seven metaphors, and we'll talk about a metaphor in a minute, of who he is. Anyhow, the main verse that we're going to look at today is verse 35, and it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Think about that a second. What unique words to describe yourself with. No one has ever spoken such words describing themselves as I am the bread of life. People tend to think of themselves very highly, sometimes more highly than they ought to. In fact, every person at some point in their life has done this. And if we're honest, we would have to admit that we've done this. There are people throughout history that have been so arrogant that they've declared themselves as kings, as emperors, and even demagogues. Others have claimed a divine lineage. They've led people astray from the one true living God. I mean, Kanye West did that. He claimed to be a God. The Beatles claimed that they were bigger than God before they broke up. But Jesus makes one of the most boldest and wildest statements when he says that without them, without being the bread of life, without eating his body, no one can live without him. With that said, let's look at our text real quick. Turn with me to John chapter 6. We'll start in verse 22. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perished, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set the seal." It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe." All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on that last day. For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes on him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on that last day." So we'll stop right there. So what's been going on is Jesus broke the bread, the five loaves and two fishes, and he fed the 5,000. They had their stomach full that evening. He sends the disciples out. He goes up onto a mountain to pray. Uh, At the third watch, he goes walking on the water. He gets in the boat in the middle of a storm, and they go to the other side. The people come looking for him the next day, and he's not there, so they come find him. And that's where we pick up. And here he tells them that he's the bread of life, that you've come looking for physical bread and you want me to lead you because I've given your belly something to be full on. But I'm telling you, don't focus on the physical, focus on the spiritual bread of life. Jesus uses a metaphor to show this. He says that I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Then he goes on to say, whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And what's the truth in that statement? He says, I am the bread of life. So first of all, we need to understand the context of this statement that he says. And as I said, he's explained to them about him being the bread of life using a metaphor. And he explains his answer when he says, truly, truly. He's trying to get their attention. He says that three times, truly, truly. But he explains to them that in verse 26, when he says, Truly, truly, I say to you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill with the loaves. You ate your fill with the bread. Your belly's full yesterday, and now you're coming back wanting more food from me. See, these people saw a miracle the day before, but the problem was is that they didn't see the miracle, even though they saw the miracle. It's like they received a gift, but not recognizing the giver who gave the gift. It's like going out to the Grand Canyon and looking at the wonder of creation and then denying that there is a creator that created this Grand Canyon. Or going to the highest peaks in the mountain and looking for miles at all the creation. Or seeing a sunset or watching the sun rise and denying that there's a creator. They had gotten their fill and they were back just wanting another miracle to feed them. See, this miracle that Jesus did with the bread and the fish the day before was not just all about bread and fish. Bread was a sign of something greater. It was a metaphor. But if you don't understand a metaphor, you're going to have a hard time with the Bible because it's full of metaphors. Metaphors bring truth to life. They're powerful and they're memorable and they make teaching very tangible and Jesus used them. And what Jesus is telling them is that that bread that you ate, just like the bread that we eat and we put peanut butter and jelly on it to make a sandwich, that bread can't even be considered real bread in comparison to the true bread I'm talking to you about. That was the metaphor he was using, was bread. And bread was a great metaphor because that's mostly what people ate back then. We're going to see that Jesus tells them that you go out and you work every day to earn a living, to buy bread, a physical bread, to get your fill for just a day. And he's telling you that if you follow me and you understand what I'm telling you, is that I'm going to give you something much better than your fill or your bread. And guess what? We today are no different. 2,000 years later, we still get up every morning. We still put on our clothes. We go to work and we earn a living so that we can pay for a house and for food and for a car and for gas. We earn our daily bread. Some of you listening to me are probably just like these people. These people had no bread of their own. They were hungry. And so Jesus freely gave them their bread. Some of us don't have enough money that we have no choice. We live paycheck to paycheck. And because of that, we have to rely on the Father to provide, to give us our daily bread. And so now, as you start to understand that Jesus had done the impossible, he created bread that didn't exist. They now wanted him to do it again. They asked him to give them that kind of bread all the time. They wanted him to be king and always provide them with food to eat. They wanted what he could give them right then and for this temporary time in our life. The Bible tells us that our life is like a mist. We're here one moment and then we're gone. But his miracle, it had hit home. It was their ray of sunshine. It was the light that was shed to them, but they didn't feel it's warmth. They didn't open their eyes up towards heaven to see the sun and what was coming to them. They just ate the bread and it tasted good and it filled their belly and it satisfied their hunger and it gave them strength. And they thought, this is amazing. If only I could get some more of this bread tomorrow and the next day, that would be great. Think of all the time that they would save kneading that dough and going and having to pluck the grain and take it and thrash it and turn it into flour to make that bread. They totally missed the point. So the first question we should be asking is, what is this bread? Bread is an image of what? It is a metaphor of what? Well, in the 26th verse, Jesus says that they're looking for him, but they ate the bread that he gave them. Then in the next sentence, he says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. And that's our answer. Bread represents food, all kinds of food. It symbolizes a substance. It symbolizes what we need to sustain. That which without, we would perish. We would waste away. Bread represents food, and food is what gives you life. It gives you strength. It gives us what we need to live. Now, this isn't the first place this is done. All throughout the Bible, bread is used in this way. Bread represents life, that which gives life to man, which allows him to live to sustain his life. If you go all the way back to Genesis 3, where man sinned, right? After he sinned, God says, by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it, you were taken. And for you are dust and dust, you shall return. Again, as God's talking to Adam, he's not saying it's going to be sweaty to be able to eat. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that you're going to sweat for the bread that you're going to have to make And it comes out of the earth. You came out of the earth and everything was done from dust. And all of that is imagery that God is using to explain about the circle of life and where we are in that circle and that we have to have bread to sustain. We have to have things to sustain us. We need energy to sustain us to live. Otherwise, we die and we go back to dust. And so if we summarize this, Jesus is offering a true non-perishing life, a life full of vigor and strength, a life of meaning and purpose, a healthy and victorious life. And what's more than that? Jesus shows you that it's within his power to create that life and the desire to give us this life as dying men and women. Jesus wants them to see and he's trying to make them understand that it would be tragic if he gave them the kind of bread that crumbles and grows moldy. So, Jesus tells them, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. And if we stop and think about how this relates to us, none of us get out of this world alive. Because of sin, we all will face death. But there is a way to have eternal life, to worship with God eternally after this physical life goes away. Just like bread gets moldy and crusty and has to be thrown out. Our lives eventually end unless the Lord comes back beforehand. But if we focus our life on the eternal, something bigger, something higher, something better, then we have a true future. And that's what Jesus is trying to get them to understand. They also press Jesus about doing some miracle because manna came down from heaven. They keep saying from heaven multiple times. When God gave manna to his people in the wilderness, it was a sign That was this bread, this food, this life that you have. It's a gift. It's given to us from God. It comes to you from above and it came to them every morning. And it shows the sovereignty of God that he controls everything and he gives us everything. If you park your finger right here in John chapter 6 and you flip over to James chapter 1 verse 17, it tells us every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So just like manna came out of heaven was a gift from God for them every day, it was their daily bread. Our daily bread are the gifts that God gives us to make it, to sustain us through our life. Every single day, we need to be looking for our daily manna. And where does that come from? It comes from above. It comes from God. But yet, these people wouldn't accept what Jesus is trying to teach them about the manna. Jesus will speak in a way that no one had ever spoke. He did things that no one had ever done. He lived a life like no one had ever lived. But these people wouldn't accept that Jesus was the Son of God. And just like these people, we're no different 2,000 years later. There are people walking around that God does miraculous things for them. He does a diving catch, per se. He gets the money there just in time. or He saves that car accident from happening by making them late or whatever. But they don't see the miracle that God just did to protect them. All gifts are good gifts, and they all come from God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. So we see what the bread of life was. It was Jesus, and it was a spiritual thing. Now he says, if Jesus is the bread of life, and if that's true, he goes on to say, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. And what does that mean? What does it mean to eat this bread? Jesus is saying, if you come to me, you will no longer hunger. If you come to me, you will no longer thirst. Again, Jesus equates drinking and eating to faith. It's like this metaphor. There's this woman and she relies on her husband. Her faith is in her husband. Now, her faith is not the kind of faith that says, yeah, my husband exists. It's the kind of faith that believes her husband is the man that represents himself and what he is to be. When he says to her that he loves her and is going to take care of her for the rest of his life, she believes it. She believes that he truly does love her. She believes that he's going to take care of her, that he's going to provide for her, that he cherishes her. She has faith that love is the foundation. Love is the force that's pushing the action to take care of her. And so she ceases to worry or fret. So she rests in his care, looks for his strong embrace. She trusts her husband and knows that he is faithful to her and to be there for her. That her needs are going to be met. He's going to find a way. She doesn't go looking for love in other men. She doesn't go searching for other things or other people to make her happy. She doesn't go searching for peace or rest or satisfaction in other men. She comes to her husband and she attaches herself to him and she abides in him and she remains in him. And that's what we're supposed to do with Jesus. The man doesn't really exist that way, but our relationship with Jesus is supposed to be like this woman to this husband. We're to abide in him. We're to find our satisfaction in him. We're to have peace and rest in him. And just like that woman believes in her husband, we need to believe in Jesus Christ, that he is our salvation. He is our provider. He is our healer. He gives us our daily bread. And Jesus tells them that by saying that don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he had sent. You believe in me because he sent me. Now this believing is not passive, it's active, it's it's work, it's something that we have to do, it's a labor of love, it's something that we have to put forth an effort towards. And we have something inside of us called the flesh that fights against this. We wanna do our own thing, we wanna do it our way, we wanna do what makes us happy when we wanna do it, how we wanna do it, and we want it done our way. But where's the focus on that? It's not on the husband, Uh, If I use my metaphor again of the wife and the husband, it's not on Jesus, it's on us. It is the wife taking care of herself. It is us taking care of ourselves. And what he's saying is don't work for the food that perishes. Don't work for yourself. You're just a physical being, but focus on the eternal life. Focus and put your faith there. My question to you today, where is your focus? Is it on Jesus or is it on yourself? Is there a need to look for comfort and security and affection? Are you doing that by yourself? Are you looking to Jesus for your comfort, your security, and your affection? I can assure you, until you look to Jesus, you're never going to satisfy those needs. Your ever longing will not be satisfied except through Jesus Christ. He is the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, the Promised One. He offered himself to the world for the rich and the poor, for the young and the old, for the strong and the weak, for the black and the white. It doesn't matter. The offer that he made and he did was for everyone, and all we have to do is Look to him. All we have to do is take what he did and eat, and we will be satisfied. So, this is how we eat the bread of life. This is how we live forever, and it's through our focus and working towards the supernatural. And when Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Jesus is saying, I am the true living bread, and I am the provider of your daily bread. You're going to die. We're all going to die. But I am the bread of true life, and I will sustain you and your true life. I give you life. I am the hope of the world. I am the true life giver. So are you laboring for food that perishes or for the food that endures to eternal life? Jesus is that food. And you work for it by coming and believing, by casting yourself upon him. And he will give you life, and he will satisfy your soul's hunger. Do you hear the promise of God that we've read today? What I want you to leave here today and understand is that there is a good news. That's what the gospel means, good news. But there's also some bad news that the gospel brings. The gospel brings this bad news in that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But if that's not bad enough, it even gets worse. It says that the wages of sin are death. But the good news is in Romans 6.23 on the second half of that verse is that there is a free gift of God, eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. See, Jesus died for our sins. His death paid the full price for our salvation. And through the death and resurrection of God's Son, Jesus, the debt we owe was satisfied. It was paid. And Romans 5:8 tells us that. But God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. And again, the good news Not only did he come and send that, but we can have eternal life. We can receive salvation by believing in Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. And then in verse 13, it goes on to say, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the good news. We have a promise of eternal life, that when Jesus sees all the evil and the sin in our life, the things that we've done wrong and we've broken the law, he doesn't see it when we put Jesus' blood over it. He only sees the righteousness of his son. We look like his son. So if you look at what Jesus was teaching today, he was teaching that we need to focus on the eternal life. We need to look at the spiritual. We need to quit worrying about the focus of our day-to-day. How am I going to make it another day? but look to him and let him be our daily bread provider. We do that by becoming a Christian, by being saved. And that's really simple. As I've went through the Roman road with you, we have to admit we're a sinner. We understand that as a sinner, that the wages of sin was death. We have to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us from that sin that we have in our life and from the death that we deserve for that sin. And then we have to confess with our mouth. We have to repent. That means we have to confess our sin, and then we have to turn from it. It's not just that we say, I'm sorry, but we have to turn from it. We have to start living our new life in Christ. And we receive that new life when we do that. When we believe on the finished work of Christ, we get the free gift of salvation. And then we start walking in that, and we start following after His commandments. Now, are we going to mess up? Absolutely. No one is perfect. Only one perfect man walked this earth, and he died on a cross. But we strive every day to be more and more like him, and we try to die to ourselves, to our flesh, and we try to eat the bread of life. So as we look back at that key verse today, I am the bread of life. I am is the same Greek word that God used when he talked to Moses and told him to take off his shoes. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus was telling them, I am God's plan of salvation. We, like these people, show up hungering for our daily bread. They had just been satisfied by the feeding of the 5,000, and they were looking for another meal. And Jesus told them, the bread that you really need to search for is the spiritual life and the substance of that spiritual life, not just something that will become crumbly and moldy. And I hope after today's lesson that you won't be like these people and miss the spiritual significance of Jesus, that you will call on him. You understand that we've all sinned and come short and that you will ask him to be Lord of your life today. The things of this world, our daily bread, are wonderful things. They make us have temporary joy and happiness, but it can't feed our soul. We are never satisfied in our soul. Only Jesus can do that. And he died for that. What are you eating today? Let us pray. Dearly Father, we come before you today. Lord, we thank you for our time together. Lord, we thank you for the book of John and you inspiring John to sit down and write about your son who came on, from heaven and that he was the flesh that walked among, among us. He was truly God, yet he was truly man. Lord, that he did come and create a way to overcome our sin problem. Lord, that he did come and he did your will. He died to himself and he did your will. Lord, we thank you today that we have the bread of life. Lord, that you sent it to us, just like you sent manna down to the nation of Israel out in the desert. You give us our bread of life every day. But we need to look for you for that, not ourselves. Lord, we need to focus on you every day. We need to find our peace and happiness in you because it is the only way to find true peace and happiness. Lord, I feel like there's one that showed up today that's been running the rat race. They've been on the the wheel that's running faster and faster and they can't get off this snowball effect that's happening to them. Lord, there's no peace, there's no happiness. All they do is they get up and it's Groundhog Day. It's the same thing over and over and over. And they're asking, where is the peace and joy of life? Is this all that life is about? Lord, I pray today that they will look back to you Maybe they already know you, Lord, but they've forgotten that. They've let life get so busy that it's time for them to straighten their life out, to put their priorities back in order. Lord, maybe there's one today that doesn't know you at all. Lord, I pray today that they would pray the prayer of salvation. Lord, that they would admit that they're a sinner. They would believe that, that we've all fallen short. And Lord, that they would believe on your finished work on the cross and how you overcame death and give us eternal life through you when we stand before God, that we have justification through you. Lord, it's only through that believing on you. It's the faith in our heart that you're going to provide for us. Lord, it's that faith that you are our salvation. is how we're saved. It's not by works. It's not by being good enough. It's not by being grown up in a church. It's not by working at the church. It's through that believing faith. Lord, I pray today that everyone that hears this message will understand that and walk away understanding that you are the bread of life and that you are our daily manna that is given to us. Lord, it's in your name we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.